Who are you? Who am I? Who? Oh man. Who do I get to do I get to think you? about it? Or just just go right into it. Oh, you can think about it. Well, I guess, you know, who am I on on a basic level? I'm Casey. Uh, you know, a uh, 33-year-old uh, male living in Portland, United States, musician, cannabis grower, many aspects to my identity, uh, which I try not to be too attached to. But, um, you know, if you're looking for ways to describe me based on the metrics that we've established as a culture, uh, you know, I feel like I'm introvert most days but force myself to be extroverted and social and i get a lot uh, out of connection with others and um lots of friends uh in lots of places love to travel love snowboarding and disc golf but um yeah i guess on a more basic level like who am i i'm a human you know but you know really i'm just like uh a meat suit filled with cells and bacteria and viruses and um, then consciousness, you know, past that and what I believe to be some kind of a soul um, that is seated within this meat suit. And, uh, you know, I think even past that, there might be some kind of like Akashic records or, you know, some kind of uh, DNA code that connects us to previous souls, previous generations, uh, future souls, future generations, other uh, galaxies and solar systems, and just a, a process of uh, the, the beautiful creation and destruction within the multiverse. And I'm a part of that too. <laughs> so, but yeah. Well, this uh, this episode it um, it it goes into a relationship with the psychopump or the whisper whip, the whimper will, which is what the the bird guide to those without tongues uh, had. And I found that to be fascinating. Like we've got these spirits that kind of speak on our behalf that are out there, but they're not us. They kind of are doing some communication on some other plane of existence or something like that. But in this dimension, in this universe within the multiverse, it was like a real manifestation in that in that realm of uh, existence, in that realm of reality. And then they went on to talk about Indra's net and the different nodes of connections between all of us. Are either of you familiar with the, the concept of Indra's net? I've definitely heard of it. Um, and yeah, I honestly love this episode so much. Like, I feel like it's the the correlation between the conversation and the animation is just so strong throughout. And like, I think it's the first episode where we kind of like wonder, like, is he going to make it at the end? You know, there's this really weird, this really weird ending. And just the way they tie in music in the beginning, like using music to heal the plants. And then like the guy with the spoons, I mean, I probably cracked up harder in this episode than like any of them. And uh, it's, yeah, it's just beautiful how, how, how they did that with the animation and the groundhog day style. Like that's, 
mm-hmm. one of the most one of the most played out tropes you know that you see is like the repeating day but they do it so fucking well and it's just like so brilliant um but yeah i don't know too much about Ender's net but i i, I love how that's kind of like the the thread throughout the episode like you know that's what's connecting them they mention it right in the beginning and then like the song at the end where you see all the heads like connected into the net um i yeah i fucking love it where does that come from though where's where's the inders net is it like a it's a buddhist thing I'm it's guessing. an indian buddhist uh, thing hindu yeah like back to the vedic texts Indra has the the door J. He's like in um, I don't remember what Upanishad he's mentioned in first, but uh, yeah, he's one of the one of the older uh, part of the you know older pantheon of, of the gods. And uh, I've always started in connection, like you know, to just the fractal nature of how there's a little bit of everything in each thing, or there's a little bit of the all in each individual aspect, and within each individual aspect is a hint of the whole picture so like the kind of fractal interconnectedness of the chaos theory like everything affects everything else uh, in these subtle ways as though it's like um there's there's this concept called the monochord it was like uh, another musical creation and that's what came to mind when they like uh larry kept trying to climb up the the you know sheets tied together and then they came and like kind of like shook it and I thought, that, and there's this old uh, like Renaissance era, or maybe like, I don't know, uh, picture that represents this universal monochord that's supposed to be the musical metaphor uh, of all the different levels of connection, but it's all still just this, you know, one frequency. But we're calling it a net, uh, very specifically, is an interesting thought because it it, it kind of lended to the the trap episode. The, the you know it's kind of conveying this the samsara groundhog day thing as like a tra- an esoteric trap so it's like a net i think of like jesus saying you know i'd want to make you fishers of fishers of souls fishers of men you know kind of thing capturing us capturing souls i don't know it's just an interesting interesting thought it is really interesting I, I brought to think about the characters that we play in the Matrix in the that movie, The Matrix. I bring it up again because it's so relevant to to all of this stuff. This uh, this illusion of self and selfhood and identity and ego and all of this stuff. That's how we relate to each other. Is we wear these masks. We call faces on these avatars. We call bodies energetic, physical bodies. And it it's interesting because it's a paradoxically both an illusion and it transcends illusion because we're experiencing it so we are that evidence of it also but i like how he kind of leads into giving up addiction to hope i didn't see him saying i saw him saying like we should relinquish and give up all hope but i think if we could just reduce the amount of um useless hope that's out there uh we can free ourselves, liberate ourselves of so many expectations and so many assumptions in order to really liberate ourselves to be more present in this in this game that we're playing. Acknowledging it's a game and choosing to play it for fun. Um, she's saying freedom is giving up the prisoner's disguise. And um, that touched me because I think we all sign up for these 
feel free to interrupt me at any time, guys. But I feel no, like you're good. I feel like this identity that we all assume, like we expect to assume one when we're young. We're like, who am I? And that question of who am I turns into a character, like a celebrity or something like that in our own lives, in our own consciousness. And what's interesting is the way that we hold each other to these descriptions or these associations with that identity. So other people outside of us hold us in this pattern of our lives. You know, like I'm a train guy, so I do what train guys do. And um, we live within the constraints of society in that way, but really we are so much more. We are so much more than the limitation or the, um, what am I thinking of? Uh, the container that we think we're held in. Does that, do you agree with that? That we, we have this self-constraint limited belief container that unnecessarily prevents us from reaching our full potential? Yeah, I, I see what you're saying for sure in the sense that like there's always something to be working towards like you know you're you're never at your full potential because like you know you could always uh improve whatever in the next in the next incarnation um and that's i i was thinking that as i was watching this episode that this is honestly like very true to kind of how i i feel like it might play out like as a soul you know like i've i've definitely had similar thoughts um and yeah it was just so cool how they did it the 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 thing about hope that you're saying i i agree it was like a little bit intense you know when the, when they're saying that but uh i think it kind of makes sense in the context of you know this guy in prison like this uh soul prison just like hoping to get out and it's almost like at the moment that he stops hoping and he just kind of like gives up you know picks the strawberry and just in, enjoys it you know just enjoys the the moment uh and and that's the time that he gets the the heart that's uh you know lighter than the feather but yeah it's i, I don't know man this episode was just so fucking good yeah i want to speak to that hope uh thought because uh, i yeah, it's, it was a curious thing, and uh, just like uh, I love to look at the etymology of words and like the history, the origin of certain words that we get. And um, so, you know, it's an old English word, hopa, uh, uh, expectation, you know, and then from a Proto Germanic, which roughly means the same thing, and uh, Proto Indo European to smoke, boil, or boil. Uh, is like the original connotation that eventually trans, you know, turned into that one connotation that we have. But it's of like the connotation of desire and craving, because there's a cognate uh, in Latin cupio, uh, and also possibly vapor. Uh, so it's like that which is changing, that which is all always changing. Like our desire, our desire to continuously improve, um, our you know, like boiling. It's almost like. <laughs> That this constant motion, this constant like wanting to like, okay, what next? Okay, what next? And expectation. Uh, so it would make sense that from like the Buddhist perspective of, you know, that hope is what is causing you to like, uh, Duncan was, you know, 
talking about thwacking yourself again and again. Uh, and so to cease hope, yeah, it, saying it like that sounds nihilistic, you know, unless you, I guess, dig deep. The word hope is just always thought as a good thing. So it, uh, it's counterintuitive to... Well, I'm going to speak for like two minutes. And that is, I took this master's in transformational training course in Southern California. And it was like 200 of us in a hotel conference room going through a week straight every single day, like 10 hours a day of self-development, playmaking sort of like role playing, I think is a better way to put it. Role playing with other people and um, really giving ourselves and other people permission to communicate with us the way that they needed to while going through all the exercises, which were really extreme exercises. And at one point, they had this ship exercise where people would slowly drown in the ship and uh or like the whole ship was going to go down except for five lifeboats and we all had to vote on five people in the room that would get saved and those five people would be the only people to survive this exercise out of 150 people but before we went into the exercise we were all given a chance to say something and i said this is bullshit this is bullshit Like, why do we have to accept that this ship is guaranteed to sink? This ship isn't sunk yet. We're all still on it. We can patch it up together. And and then the captain of the ship, like, relayed back to us that, no, the ship is definitely going to sink. We need to pick our, our five survivors. So everybody went up to the front, and then they gave their speech on why they should be the one to receive a lifeboat. And, uh, and at the end of the exercise, like the five people got voted, they went on their lifeboats and we all drowned. So we all like died in the exercise. And, um, and then the five people got to speak knowing that all of us died for them. And the point of the exercise was how hopeless hope can be in that kind of a situation where it's like literally a do or die situation and we need to be not attached to a false hope but present and focused on the job at hand, which is just to survive. Hope is a privilege, I kind of think, but I also think it's a really helpful privilege. So I completely disagreed with that exercise. And I fought with the guy. I like, we had a shouting match with each other over it. And, but anyhow, I believe in hope. I believe hope is a good thing. Uh, And maybe that makes me soft and maybe that makes me a sucker. But it's it's just it fuels me. It helps my heart like move forward. And uh, do you guys have anything to say about hope? Like, do you engage with hope? Do you like hope? Yeah, man. I'm I'm a very optimistic person. Like even like this last you know six weeks or whatever, I've been trying to find the silver linings and uh, see see all the good potential that could exist in this situation. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've heard a lot about Buddhism on Duncan's podcast. It's honestly probably where I've heard the most about Buddhism. And like, it, the deeper you get into it uh, with all these different teachers, it's all about like detachment and just like not having any kind of expectation, like that root word for hope. And, um, you know, 
I, I think that that's kind of a cool metaphor for the times we're in right now, you know, without getting too semant- too much into the semantics of, of hope, you know, the idea of like detaching from expectations in uncertain times. Like, I think there's definitely something very potent there. Um, and this, this show is just like so strangely timed coming out in the middle of this lockdown it's crazy because they've been working on it for seven years and it comes out like in the middle of this shit and it's just like perfect for that um but yeah i definitely engage with hope i fuck with hope for sure it's a big part of my life (laughs) you have you have to hope you know for whatever like but it's the intention behind that hope and not being tied to the outcome um you know it's Get hope for things but if it if it doesn't happen you know you can't get upset or angry i don't know though that's a deep that's a deep one <laughs> it is i definitely consider myself a radical optimist just uh hoping beyond hope you know for for all of us for all beings for all all of us to be able to to do better live wisely in harmony with with nature we can heal heal our wounds and you know, provide greater access to help people heal. That's pretty much it, you know, the, the ultimate hope. Looking forward to to that. So, you said you fucks with hope, Casey. <laughs> Do you also fuck with magic? Uh. I mean, I, I dig it. I don't honestly practice any, I, uh, I'm interested in it. Um, yeah, if, if I was look, if I had time for a new hobby, I might, I might be down to, to give it a little bit more of a try. When I was a kid, I was super into it for a while. And, uh, I, it was one of those things I kind of wrote off for most of my adult life until I started listening to Duncan. And I think it was actually an episode with Jason uh, back right when I started listening to his podcast. I think it was probably around 2012 or something like that. And uh, I think it was an episode with Jason that I was kind of like, oh shit, magic's like, I don't know, like Duncan's changed my opinion on so many things. It's one of the things I love about his podcast. He, uh, you know, it's just, there's certain things that you just kind of stop looking at. Like I stopped looking at UFOs for like, you know, age like 10 to like 22, 23, you know, then got got back into UFOs again. So it's like, I feel like magic's kind of like that too. It's uh, it's become more interesting as I've learned more about it in my adult, in my adult life. Um, this is not gonna be for the audio version, but for the video version, uh, raise your hand on the count of three if you have seen a UFO. One, two, three. <laughs> Was that you raising your hand? <laughs> it's kind of like, I don't know. But <laughs> maybe I've seen some weird shit, but not like definitive. Jordan, you, you, you saw a UFO? Yeah, it was an unidentified object. It appeared to be in the sky. You know, I, I couldn't identify it. So, Where were you? What, 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 what? Mount Shasta. It was 2000, 
2013, 2000, yeah, 2013 or 14 maybe at a friend's wedding and um, they were giving us a little ride. It was in the back of their van again. We were riding along uh, the road, getting ready to get on I-5 and I was looking out from the back of their van, just like sitting on the floor and admiring the wilderness and all the, you know, the land and everything. Really beautiful sunny day right in the middle of the day. Install this like, looked like a, a spear, like a, a pinball, you know, like kind of just a shiny featureless silver spear floating just like right above one of the little peaks. And then it looked like it like took a picture or it looked like this big flash of light went out from it just like one flash and then by the time we went by a few more trees it was it was gone uh, it just appeared Damn. to be in one little place and then yeah so saw some other lights later on in the night but i think those could have been planes and just it, it, it appeared to be something that was like linking here and then there but it seemed to be more like as if something was going around blinking once and then you know kind of slowly descending but uh, yeah, but but more more to the point, just that one. Yeah, that's damn. Weird they stuff. say there's a species of like interdimensional entities called the lumen lumineers or the luminaries or something like this that live. I think in that's the all about a festival. The lumineers. They're, no, they're <laughs> a band too. They're a band too. But apparently, they have a connection to the Pleiadians, and there's like people that have met these lumineers that live at Mount Shasta, and it's oh. not just like one person but a bunch of people have claimed to have meet them meet them in mystical places like caves at, at waterfalls and shit like that like actually talk to them and they hold down the frequency on the ley line of this planet they have like crystal caves and shit like that and um, yeah my homie tate he's he's really into like all this hidden knowledge and he he's the one that told me about that so shout out to tate um but uh yeah, I just throw that out there in case you guys know any of those guys. Those I want to go. I want to go kick it in the crystal caves and set up tape. That'd be a good time to head head down to the caves. <laughs> I don't know if they're guaranteed. I don't know if they're guaranteed, but uh, but we can look into it. We can do some investigation. It'd be fun. Yeah. What's your UFO story, Zach? Uh, my UFO story is I was in high school i was like a sophomore or junior in high school and i was rolling down uh the street in my mom's car she was driving us and i looked up at the sky and there were like all of these spheres really high up probably like i don't know what is what is distance like like 11,000 feet above me I would say and like they all they all like started alternate colors and i was like what the fuck is that and as soon as i like fixed my gaze on it to like actually see that there was something there it shot across the sky in like warp speed with a white trail that lasted for like a second and a half less than that and it was gone damn or no it's like i know for a fact that I just witnessed that. It's almost like it flew off once you looked at it. Like, like it could tell that you saw it. Like, shit, we got to get out of here. He saw us. 
Jordan, you're laughing. I, I also, I feel that that's true, but I have no way to prove it. No, I, I, I've definitely felt that like for, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like if they were advanced, that would be the way to do it. It's like, you can just, you know, when it comes to psychic stuff, distance is no big deal. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm super into the idea of like interdimensional aliens. Like, I, I love talking about UFOs and stuff, but I, uh, I, I really feel like we kind of just like sometimes we project our society onto aliens. So you know, like we imagine them flying around in spaceships because that's what we do. Like we imagine them, you know, my, you know, coming down and mining resources and whatever like I, i'm i'm into the idea that if these things exist they probably exist like alongside us in another dimension just as much as they do flying around in the sky or like in this current dimension and they might have a completely different set of like emotions and uh you know core values and ethics like the idea that they even operate on like love and fear and you know hope and you know whatever the the same things that we operate on you know i don't even know about that like but the idea that it's so hard to imagine what an alien would even be like or what where you know where they might exist and uh but yeah the idea of a ufo unidentified flying object i for sure think they are and they're probably like some of them are you know maybe creations of ours or <laughs> reverse engineered things who knows do you believe that there are star people that send us messages from the stars? I hope so. <laughs> Me too. Can use some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe that certain people have definitely received messages from the stars. There's no other explaining it for me. The way that they channel so clear and so coherent so quickly. Uh, information that's relevant to us as a species and all of the information is on point. I, I watch them channeling stuff and I'm blown away. Wow. Think about it in terms of Indra's net. Like maybe it's not from the stars. Maybe it's from all the other, you know, souls that we're connected with here on this planet. Like if we are all connected through this net, the collective consciousness, you know, I know I've been feeling it recently with the whole globe thinking about the same thing, um, you know, and maybe who knows, maybe we're connected through our thoughts because sometimes people will make discoveries like, simultaneously in different places you know within short periods of time like across the world people will discover the same thing or have the same invention so i i definitely like the idea that it could be coming from another you know dimension or another galaxy but it could also just be coming from somebody here on this planet you know a soul that we're connected with sure it's like I have experienced uh, communion with ayahuasca as a plant intelligence and there's a bit of a mind meld that happens when we are in those kinds of relationships and uh, that's incredibly profound. That's next dimensional. I would say there's no other way for me to put it like that. So if that comes from our same plane of existence, definitely guaranteed, then I can see how it's not necessarily information coming from the stars. Um, but some of the prophecy uh some some of the prophecies that have come through about like this age with technology and uh the importance of indigenous wisdom and stuff like that make me go like oh like 
Does the Earth have the availability or ability to predict the future? Um, but I like what you were talking about with nature having a memory and, uh, and like how people through some kind of phenomenon uh, will channel the same idea or the same specific subset of consciousness simultaneously around the planet. And um, have you read up on Rupert Sheldrake at all? I haven't too much myself, no. I've heard the name. It's that, it's that all of nature has a memory and it emerges in, in different patterns. So it, it okay. all, we all have access to the same, it's like fractal. So we all have access to the same fractal uh, energy, a memory of nature as a whole, basically. What is, there's a name for that? Morphic resonance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking almost. Yeah. Uh, he also calls it morphogenic resonance. They covered it in that movie, Waking Life. I don't know if you saw Waking Life. Yeah. What can they we, were. I was going to say, can we, can we talk about how this, this show is like such a nod to Waking Life? I mean, sure. that's, what it, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. It's like wake. Waking Life meets Rick and Morty. That's what I've been telling people. That's sick. Waking Life's been one of my favorite films for, you know, since I first saw it. And it's, yeah, it felt like, fuck, this is like Waking Life, but like the Duncan Trussell family hour. And yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> um, take it away. <laughs> sure. Um, it is it is it is Rick and Morty meeting uh uh waking life and that movie is so genius on every level uh the idea of traveling through dreams like the dream realm and experiencing all these different identities um one time outside of a library I encountered a man and I told him my theory he said he read five books a day he came to the library he read five books a day he was this like stranger out on the sidewalk and I approached it or like he approached me. He told me he read all these books and I was like, I have this idea. It's like when we go to dream, we actually transport our consciousness through some kind of a portal or like some way in another dimension. And we come and assume the identity of another person. Cause I told him that I experienced one night, the life of a 35 year old, uh, like a Japanese millionaire living in a penthouse speaking Japanese fluently. And the, 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 the reality of that dream was so crystal. When I woke up, I was like, what, what? <laughs> I, I think as we get older, we kind of pile on the conditioning so we can't recall our dreams and tap into that field of imagination as well because we become conditioned with all these things, you know, like not to go down, but like chlorinated and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I do believe uh, I believe we travel. I believe our consciousness travels outside of our body when we dream. And I have no way of proving that, but it's, uh, it seems true to me. Do either of you have experience with astral travel at all? On DMT, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would probably be the most definitive uh, proof of it to me. I mean, what is proof really, but something we feel like we've experienced and it seems real. But, uh, yeah, with what you're talking about with dreams, like, 
I uh, I took a break from cannabis earlier this year, and I, I've been like an everyday cannabis smoker since I was in high school. And I quit smoking for like a month and was having the craziest, most vivid dreams, lucid dreams where like I knew I was dreaming and I was like trying to do things that I knew I could only do in dreams. And it was insane. It was super exciting. I, I almost wish I didn't love cannabis so much uh, because when I don't smoke it, I just have like the most insane dreams. I kind of wonder what they would be like now during COVID times, but uh because I'm, I am currently smoking cannabis, but uh, yeah, man, it's tapping into like deep dream states is fucking crazy. Like it's the wildest shit. Like you feel like you experienced a month in a night, you know, or like a year in a night. I mean, that's like the ultimate psychedelic trip. But you said you had your experience while you were awake, right? Or you, you did have an experience that while you were awake? Astral travel. Yeah. I, I guess I just meant. How would you language define that? is language is language. Like I like uh, like I, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to define something like that 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 we all probably experience in different ways, you know. But uh, you were saying that while uh, imbibing in some medicine, that you had uh, an out of body experience. I would say. Um, is that is that true for you? Without a doubt. Yeah felt like I was in another place felt like home but I was definitely not in this this body there is a safe space that I connect with sometimes that's outside of my body it's like a white light space that's just pure being you know and it's nice to visit that place from time to time I would say I wanted to ask you about your process as an artist, as a MC, actually. And uh, one question, because we're supposed to be talking about this episode, but like, when you start writing, is it the kind of situation where you have to apply yourself in order to be creative? Or does that information just kind of flow through you? And how do you know when to stop writing a piece? Because you're prolific. Oh, thanks, man. Um, I mean, it's different every time. Like, a lot of times I'll just start writing. It's definitely easier if you don't become attached to what you're writing or if you're writing under the assumption that, you know, you don't have to ever share what you're writing. I think sometimes we get tied up to that idea. Um, but yeah, I think it's different every time. Sometimes it's definitely just flowing and you kind of stop and notice it you know you notice the fact that you're just getting these ideas like oh shit where did that word come from a lot of times I'll think of words um that I I think of the word I don't necessarily know the definition type it into my computer look up the definition and it just like works perfectly um like I think of the word because it rhymes or whatever but then so it's almost like I'm being sent that rhyme somehow um but yeah I, I would say for the most part it, you know, you can always get yourself to write, but um, it's, I think it's definitely a mystery where the, the really good stuff comes from. I mean, being in the right state of mind, like taking taking care of yourself, like trying to stay inspired helps um, all the other little things that you put in your life around the writing, you know, make that process go better. So it's like, when you sit down to write, if your life is a wreck, that's going to be really hard. 
you know, <laughs> like if, if whatever, if you're excited about things that are happening in life, then that, that makes the writing flow easier, I think. So just trying to get yourself in a good mind state and then just sitting down and kind of sometimes forcing it out in the beginning, finding a beat that you're excited about helps. Um, but yeah, it's, it's different every time. The more you do it, the easier it gets. I mentioned it because I think lyricism and the art of uh, rapping is kind of like spellcrafting. You know, there's there are magical spells that we put out into the ether, and uh, they have an effect. They have an effect when we put those memes of consciousness out into Akashic library. <laughs> you know, they're there. They're there, and and they have an effect on everything. Um, and I. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I want to just like acknowledge you for your talent, but it's like I, I'm homies with you. I don't want to blow smoke up your ass. Um, I would like to play one of your songs to end this uh, show. So, uh, do you have a good recommendation for a song that we can play? Uh, from the last DP, you thinking? One of uh, those? No, uh, just anything that comes to your mind from your uh, from your library. Uh, I mean. Maybe play play lay low. That one I feel like does. That's like that one has the least plays of anything on the EP. So I feel like the least people have heard it. So maybe some people will hear it for the first time. And I that's I love that one. Cool. Didn't think that I could fall apart until I saw the dark Didn't think that I could be complete 
didn't give up me, I did it easily. Plant a seed and watch it blossom out with scenery. Living leisurely and packing up the greenest trees. Aim high and try to lay low. All oh, you been there, why didn't you say so? Aim high and try to lay low. All oh, you been there, why didn't you say so? Aim high and try to lay low. Aim high and try to lay low. Aim high and try to lay low. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not, we're not wrapping up. We're, we're just like, okay. is it an hour? Uh, okay. we, 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 we keep the, sh- the conversation to 45 minutes usually, but um, this whole thing gets edited. Like this isn't live right now. So we have the opportunity to share some, some more information. I mean, that was such a good episode. Jordan, um, based on all that you've heard tonight, tonight, what do you have to say, man? Well, I, I love the dream love the the idea of dreaming i've always enjoyed dreaming and the idea of lucidity and like uh the resolution of paradox like to um to admit you're asleep is to wake up it's like you kind of the yin yang you know there's a little bit of dream in our day our daily waking life and there's a little bit of waking potential in our sleeping life um, and for both of those to be able to cross pollinate, I think, you know, it's a, a great goal and, you know, uh, and it's your own private virtual reality. It's your own private, uh, realm that you can be free, absolutely free in. And yeah, I, I just wanted to say, I can totally relate to the, uh, the accessibility of flow. The more you do it, the better you get as far as lyricism and, uh, just trusting your throat and let like, you like, okay. If you would say those, those words that you don't even know what they mean, but some part of you caught that a long time ago and it has a chance to get out and something in your, your deeper consciousness knows that that fits. Um, so, you know, not only can we dream awake, we can trust the dream and we can hope. There's reason to hope. <laughs> yeah. I so love it. The, so in places like Colombia and South America, the it's this the story anyways, I didn't grow up in these villages, but that the chief will round up all of the young people and ask them what their dreams are, what they dreamt of the previous night, because uh, they had learned from their ancestors that the young people's dreams brought to council like that actually informed the next step really wisely, uh, like how to expand the village or which fishing nets to put where, like they had very specific dreams and they would share them with the village and then everyone would get inspired by sharing of each other's dreams it's awesome nice i love it uh when you were talking about the you hope that there's star people sending us beaming us uh 
these light codes. Um, but who knows what they're like? Who knows if they're anything like us, if they experience this reality at all similar. Like we assume a lot that, and we personify things and we personify nature a lot, but like, uh, I think there's a lot of assumption. Like when I look at you guys, I'm like, oh, you're probably experiencing life like I'm experiencing life. But I have no way to verify that. For all I know, you guys are like feeling things I've never felt before. And processing information in a way that like I have no realm of access to. Have you ever played this game in your head where you kind of like try to think about, you know, you have to be experiencing the same thing as someone else in order for like certain things to work, like driving, for instance, like, you know, we have to both see those lines in the road in the same way in order for our cars to not collide, you know, or um, just just other things in life, you know, you can like look at interactions that happen between people and it's like, okay, we're clearly like experiencing these things in a similar way. Um, but then, you know, that that breaks down when you look at like animals that have other senses, you know, they can do things, see things that we can't see, hear things that we can't hear. Um, and you got to expect that it's just a spectrum, you know, that like we're all connected through our senses, but then at the same time, there's probably, uh, an infinite amount of other things that are other, uh, dimensions I would I would expect so the reason why I was bringing up uh that you were saying that like that who knows what their values are is one thing that you mentioned um who knows if they even see things on the same spectrum or with the same lens or whatever and I I, re I remember this line from a poem that I wrote a really long time ago that goes uh flies in the air measure cares and elections in different dimensions like what if flies in the air measure cares and elections in different dimensions? And uh, so I, I did a poem recently as a spider that's just had nine eyes. I have no concept of what that might be like to be able to intake that much data from my surrounding universe. But I assume spiders are much more intelligent than we are because they can, you know? Um, but what is even intelligence, you know? A construct um yeah i've talked about that for hours at work and like yeah throughout life that's the the age-old question where do thoughts come from <laughs> consciousness. consciousness where does that come from where does coming from coming from <laughs> Where does where do, where does any yeah yeah <laughs> where's the possibility of coming from something coming from? Uh, on all the social media networks you can stream my music online RhymeWave R H Y M E W A V E on SoundCloud Spotify iTunes all those sites and uh, you can follow me on Instagram at RhymeWave Hip Hop and uh, I'm on Facebook and hit me up. Uh, putting out some new music soon and yeah I would love to like analyze more of these episodes like uh, even off the show like I've yeah I just love Duncan Trussell and his podcast podcasts have really been getting me getting me through like you know not just through 
the last six months, but like through the last like 10 years, uh, podcasts have become a huge part of my life. I love them. <laughs> so well, it send like, me, it looks send like me not... your podcast recommendations. Yeah, man. You, you too. Do you have one for us? Podcast recommendations. Yeah. I mean, the ones that I uh, like to recommend to people uh, are obviously Duncan Trussell. Um, I think Joe Rogan's got some great episodes. I love this podcast called Third Eye Drops. That's uh, one that I listen to pretty much every episode of. It's with a guy named Michael Phillip. Really cool uh, philosophy podcast, kind of psychedelic theme philosophy podcast, Third Eye Drops. And then uh, this one called The Astral Hustle with Corey Allen. I really enjoy that one. Um, And then... What else have I been listening to recently? Uh, there's one called Psychedelics Today that I really like. I like the psychedelic podcast because um, I feel like it's the best sort. This pod- podcast is the best place to get psychedelic information. Oh, uh, Future Fossils is a really, really cool podcast. It's just like an endless treasure trove of information. Uh, Mar- Michael Garfield's the host. That one is definitely one of my favorite Future Fossils. And it's like some of the headiest material you've ever come across like every episode is just some crazy brilliant thinker and like just the coolest conversation um ramin nazer has a really cool funny podcast uh called the rainbow brain skull hour um talib talib quality has a podcast that's pretty cool and interviews rappers rick rubin's got one but Oh, and Shane Moss, the comedian, has one called Here We Are. That's really good. Cool. Wow. You just gave us, like, (laughs) tens of thousands of hours of entertainment in two minutes. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. uh, I work work with weed, too. I'm just working on the plant, so I can literally just listen to podcasts, like, a lot of the day at work, so... Do you uh do you have a rhyme on your mind for the times that are designed in this sublime haze that we create through this maze that we find ourselves in for the wind of our skin that begins to uh, glisten in the wind <laughs> with the rain and the waters that fall on the otters' bellies as they smack? Um, I'm wondering if the wordsmith has any rhymes to hit me back with. This has been Zach. And Jordan, also, if you have rhymes from your mind that you want to share in this time, feel free to unwind for the time is a rainbow in the sky. Cast the line and see what bites. They've masterminded cogs and gears to entertain the mice. New new propellers to excel the greater heights. Daffodils are blooming with the melting of the ice. So tell them how you feel when the inside is real, blinking lights and some approval in the seal. A needle in a compost pile eventually reveals, increasing the developments that rev up the adrenal. Glancing at the default mode within this network, ramping up what we all know but still forget. Standing for that we all won in every text alert. It's adding up to free fall fun in this non sequitur. The strategy's ding-dong dash and every extroverted impulse we get with the reserve deserves respect. Curb the under-enthused view- version of you. Dungeon family mantra to the moon. Succotash reactions maybe calls for a kazoo. It sucks to lose, it sucks worse when you got stuff to prove. <laughs> so that was what I wrote for the uh, just put it out there prompt. 
next week's prompt is trajectory, like a tree, but like trajectory. So yeah, we just come up with these prompts and then we like have a Zoom call and share a little something we wrote on them. And you could definitely get in on it if either of you guys want to. Definitely. That sounds fun. Yeah, we've been doing it on Fridays. It's pretty cool. Cool. I got a little Facebook group for it. That's tough. But good stuff. Yeah, it's weird, man. I haven't been that excited about anything I've written since the COVID shit went down. And I heard somebody describe it in like a, kind of a cool way where they're saying like, say you're a fiction writer. You're trying to like write a story that like takes place in present day America. It's like, you can't really do that right now because we don't know what that's gonna look like. Like you could write a story like about today, but it might be like drastically different in a week and like in a month and like six months. And it's not to say that you can't write right now, but to me it kind of like, it explained on some level why it, it feels like it's been kind of hard to like really pin down this point in time. Like you can, I mean, obviously you can write about what's happening now, but something about that doesn't feel like it, it the, the stuff that I really like that I write is like stuff that you feel like, like will stand the test of time. You know, like the gr the greater ideas, like regardless of what's happening in the current reality, like that song will still have, have some potency. But you know, with this, it's like you want to write about this, and I I don't know, it's this weird thing. But I heard somebody describe it as that, like in terms of the fiction writer, or if you're writing a story, it's like it's hard to know even where you would set the story at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm curious what you guys would think about that idea. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems like the things to write about these days are things you want to be like. Uh, there's this quote I remember first seeing probably in one of the Zeitgeist films at the beginning. I think the third one is like, art reflects society, but it's also supposed to change it. So that's, you know, pretty weak paraphrase, but uh, yeah, so so much of the art coming out now and songwriting is going to have that kind of acknowledgement. I mean, it's kind of hard to like just be like, oh, let's write about something completely different. Like a bunch of us went and hung out together. You know, it's like no, nobody's really vibing on that uh, uh, right now realistically, but we would, that's what we're looking forward to. So it'd be like songs of hope, songs of looking forward and not necessarily something that we're in right now. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, what to write during pandemic times. I, I think was it uh, Shakespeare was writing during the plague times, uh, you know, of, of yesteryear, the days of yore. Uh, but, and I, not that I've read any Shakespeare, but I just think it's interesting that in the midst of that time, there were there was this titanic creativity, you know, uh, happening even in the midst of all that. You know, it's not a good... When the economy is suffering, it makes it harder to create, or else the creation, the creation, does take on the, the nature of the kind of suffering times. That, uh, yeah, it's a, such an interesting influence of our environment on our on what comes out of the way we digest the experience, you know, and uh, make sense of it with uh, through rhyme, you know. And there's so there's so many writers today. There's so many rhymers and rappers, and like it's really cool that people are finding that flow, like just in the nick of time, and people are going within more to bring out what they have to share. And 
do the best we can do. <laughs> I think uh, I think one thing that's happening is uh, people are thinking about mortality a lot. And it's obviously being addressed in this show. And it's like, the more we think about mortality, I think the more we realize, oh, I got some shit to say. Oh, I got some I got some paintings I need to bring into this world. Oh, I, I got some, I got a mission to accomplish, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, Casey, all of your, all of your raps that I've ever heard all always seem like very mission driven. Like, I don't know if you think you have a mission, but I always sense that you've got this like purpose, purpose driven rhymes. And, uh, and what you were talking about becoming a fiction writer in today's society is like, yeah, I like, I like, uh, uh, Joseph Campbell and the power of myth. It gives us the power to recognize that we're all on this hero's journey. And I love it so beautiful because there's no dogma to that. You know, it's just a pattern that we're paying attention to the hero's journey and we're all on our hero's journey and victory is right now. You know, victory is every moment that we are aware that we made it, you know? But there's different modes of consciousness. There's that mode of consciousness, which is like gratitude, abundance, and like perfection and radical acceptance. But then there's another mode, which is like, where am I going to get my next bite of food or whatever? You know, like survival. And honoring that, I think honoring that, that baseline and like that mode like gives us more courage to just make know that that's like our birthright or something like that. And um, so as a fiction writer, I look to uh, Gene Roddenberry a lot and his idea of a utopian future society where they don't have money. And I'm like, well, shit, like my people are not using money. They're transferring these virtual numbers through PayPal and Venmo and Cash App. And money is like, that's the old way. That's the old school. That's this transition we're going through. Uh, My homie, our homie Sasquatch earlier today was talking about uh, the caterpillar that eats three times its body weight in order to ingest and transform into a butterfly. And so I think what's happening right now is we are literally in these snail shells, you know, these protective walls. And I think we are incubating because our evolutionary form is going to rise into the next eon, into that next epoch, because we need to become stronger in order to face the future. (laughs) And that's how evolution works. It gives us challenges and we, we, we rally together and we do the best that we can and we move through it. And uh, you're right. Like we're all thinking about similar things right now. And it's it's like, we need to encourage ourselves to remember that we are participating in the co-creation of this world together. So what's that look like? And how are we experiencing life in this new way? Cause we're about to upgrade to society 3.0 like it or not. And we're in this transition point where it's like, we're not quite ready. We're running these betas, beta tests. And we're getting the bugs worked out. Um, but I think we all have a say in it. I think we all have a say in what's to come next. And uh, that's not fiction. That's reality the way I see it, 101. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I love Star Trek too. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say too, uh... I thought it was so funny at the end of the episode 
do you guys remember the very last thing he comes outside and he sees the rose and all the mice are around it like worshiping it and i just thought it was funny that he like you know kicks him away he's like get out of here you rats after he had just had this big thing you know explaining to him you know that we're all connected and you know like all these souls if you're you know pissing in your cellmates eyes you're actually pissing in your eyes but like Clancy, as soon as he gets home, he's just like kicking the rats off the rose, you know, and they're just like using it to like heal their wounds, you know, but he's still like, oh, you scummy rats. So I think, I don't know, the message there is like, forgive yourself. Cause even if you're given them, you know, this vivid explanation, you know, of, of uh, the redeeming values in life, still it's easy to forget that, you know, or just treat it like whatever a trip or an experience like in, uh, I don't know. I just think that was that was a really cool aspect of this uh, this episode. And man, I I would love to ha- be a part of like a series wrap up. Like once you're done analyzing each individual episode, like if you guys do like a full series analysis, because I think there's some bigger arcs throughout the season um, that are pretty cool. And just yeah, just I don't know implications from the last episode like once you see the last episode you're kind of like oh shit was this whole thing you know what i mean like it's it gets pretty deep in there (laughs) it definitely leaves a a lot of room for theory crafting theory t-h-e-o-r-y theory crafting um just like adventure time did and just like rick and morty does as well it kind of creates this open-ended world where if you actually take a time to analyze each scene, you you can see a different piece of the puzzle. And uh, and I don't necessarily know. I know there's a relationship between the simulator and Clancy, but I'm not noticing any other recurring characters. But that's not to say that they won't come in, like in Adventure Time, where they would be reoccurring characters or something like that. I would love to do a recap of the entire season. That's a great idea. We'll. Uh, We'll, de- we'll get in on that for sure. Jordan, do you have... To, Go ahead. Try to get Duncan in on it. I emailed him a, a uh, an episode with uh, a thing to the website. I have not heard back from him yet. So yeah. hopefully... Uh, w- once we get all of them, we're going to edit them all into like a 35-minute highlight with cool music and make it sound rad. And we'll send that out to Duncan and make a little promo video for it and stuff like that. Duncan was just on Joe Rogan. They just did like a three-hour podcast i don't know if you guys heard that but it was super good i just yeah. listened to it today i just started on that last night yeah it's good about an, about an hour in into chunks yeah I'm, I'm about two hours in and nice. uh <laughs> yeah i was just listening to it earlier today on the bike ride too um jordan do you have any rhymes totally yeah yeah so my my astrology uh, is uh, Sagittarius ascendant or Sagittarius rising. So I just like got this idea. I wanted to do rhymes about each one of my astrological aspects and just kind of like make a rhyme to like shout out this one part of my psyche, you know, just like all these different aspects and just like, you know, featuring blah, 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 whatever. It'll grow into something more eventually, but for now, Sagittarius rising with my eyes on the prize. I expand my horizons, take charge of my minds. I take aim for the skies as I run like a fire, divinely equine. As I spring forth and 
inclined to fly higher, to be free to desire, as an animal is wildly inspired to, living in life's mystery. Heaven wide, ocean deep, for the flame that I keep moves mutably, beautifully to the truth that I seek. Flexible to nature's inexorably synchronistic chic, suitable to sympathize with many that I meet, adaptable to dualistic topics of discussion, I bend to ascend to the tempo of percussion, of the rhythm of my heart beating beatific passions, for adventure is my destiny revealed as a flash in the question of my purpose, recreation, my fashion. With a love of Jovi freedom, my speakers often blasting, redemption songs of progress for peace everlasting, till joy fills the world like the seas fill the ocean. I keep on keeping on, momentum never broken, with the ease of the breeze and breathing what is spoken by the spirit when I hear it whisper wisdom to awaken, a fissure of decisions for the visions that were shaking, dream team schemes, the many means to our mission making. So third eyes, third ears, have a look, take a listen, because the dirt of the new earth has us dancing and blissing to turn up the new ground and make space for a nesting. No stress, just rest in the best of this fresh blessing. I inspire to emblazon pure perfection of the one. On the hearts of the many, let light shine from the sun. So soul, soul, soul may enshade our holy, holy skin. Let us celebrate the rays beam down from above within to illuminate our days as we spin around this love with him. Mama nature's mama nurture us free from sin. So I hit the red eye in the middle of the target. Respecting the ultimate means letting me forget. Myself as an isolated incident, a product of listless accidents. Rather, remember that I'm tethered to interdependent forces, an image made of God making gods out of choices, discerning what is true from all the false voices. I question authority to reclaim divinity, recognize my surety to regain fidelity. The tree I deify feeds me if I reify we. Free of fees, we feel alive to realign with being light. I see the sea soul in eyes, seeing me sailing sands a sleight of hand. Save serenity, seal of subliminal oversight at hand. The magic of the moment made manifest and right as mana from the heavens sent to assuage our suffering. While the eschaton is imminent, life's video at hand is buffering. I open up my throat, though my mouth may be stuttering. I balk not at opportunities to give air and make utterance of the people's potential to perfect the pure process of creating, of co-creating our destiny for enriching collective solace. Because we're meant for many mansions, this whole world is our palace. When divine glory fills the earth, the permeating permeating presence of life's perfect worth. Every living thing will know this. The Logos will rebirth. Yeah. That was awesome, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Loved it. Do you ever do that over a beat or is it more of a spoken word piece? I've got some guitar uh, to nice. like the first bit of it, but it is something that I probably want to transfer more over to just a beat. Eventually, yeah. Just want to get, want to go back and make it a little bit more, yeah, like rhythm friendly. Hell yeah, man! Thank you. I like it a lot. Appreciate that. I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to some of your stuff, Rhyme Wave. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm putting out new stuff soon. Um, actually, just dropped a collaboration track with uh, my buddy that fucking Ivan, and uh, putting out another track with my friend. Uh, Travis and Logan from Living Roots. So those are coming out soon. Then I'm working on another EP, hopefully drop like this summer, but uh, still got a little ways to do on the mix and master and stuff. But yeah, I think you'll like it. I'm like, uh, it, you know, it, it's definitely underground style, like influenced by uh, a lot of like the rhyme sayers, like uh, idea, atmosphere, 
Aesop, a lot of those guys are big influences of mine. Um, and I produce my own beats, but always looking for other producers to team up with and other musicians to collaborate with. No doubt. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to team up someday. Uh, get my get myself a little bit of more of an upgraded production system here. Yeah, man. Yeah, hopefully I can come do a show in Seattle once uh, all this once we can have shows again. Sounds great. I did a I did a, a little concert in Seattle at this venue called Own Culture, uh, and that's before I ever knew who you were, actually. So, uh, yeah, we should do that again. We should do another live concert. Jordan, you were at the first one, right? Yeah, it was great. That was a great thing you did. <laughs> it was a fun night, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> Jordan, where can people find you online? You can find me Conjury Music on Instagram and on SoundCloud and YouTube. Um, C-O-N-J-U-R-Y. Um, Say that one more time. Yeah. Yep. Conjury Music on Instagram, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Sweet. And uh, Ryan Wave, are you going to be doing more shows on Shady Pine Radio? I think so, yeah. I think I'm going to try to do it every Saturday. If I can't do it live, uh, send them like a, like a pre-recorded show. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely trying to figure out ways to make it fun and interesting. Like this last one was all music pretty much with just a little bit of talking, but I feel like it'd be cool to make it more of a balance and maybe to do something more like this, like all talking show. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say at least until, you know, the lockdown completes, uh, the way I look at it is, you know, I was putting like quite a bit of energy into live events and now, uh, that, that energy is available. So it's fun to, uh, not only like acquire new skills and, and have the opportunity to connect with people and, and share music, but also to like, you know, channel some of that energy that, you know, you're just putting so much time and thought into performing and uh you know live shows and now that's completely gone so it's cool to have something like a radio show or live streams or stuff like this zoom calls it's definitely a, it's been a cool aspect of this um being able to explore some of these new digital mediums it's got me wondering you know like what what could evolve from this um I mean, this to me almost feels like a new type of podcast, like, you know, the new hybrid uh, thing. It's a, uh, it's a packet, it's a packet of consciousness is how I see it. They all are. That's, we're birthing something together. Beautiful. Um, I think I have an idea. I would love for you to record some of the cypher sessions at the hip hop shop on Friday nights and play them during your show on Saturday. Good. We haven't really been ciphering too much just because it's it's actually tough to get everyone synced up to the, the same latency. Like you basically have to have one person who's just running the beats the whole time. So like you can do it. Um, we did one that worked out all right. But um, yeah, we've basically just been like sharing songs and like having maybe like a question that we propose and have the prompt that we write on. But it's just been like a little discussion and um pretty informal but yeah i could potentially record that i don't have the full version of zoom i just use the free version and then we'll just like start a new call if we go over 40 minutes you must have the the pro version 
I'm guessing. Or I do. I do have the pro version, but I have like the cheapest pro version. I save all these directly to my hard drive. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think, I think they cut it off at 40 minutes if you don't have pro. So, um, yeah, I invested a little bit in this podcast and we'll see what happens with it. Um, but uh, a lot of it's going to get chopped up because I sound like a stoner. <laughs> and, I'm uh, sure I do too. <laughs> fractals, man, fractals. Fractals, bro. Um, Duncan we, would be proud. We should do We should do a rap song with the three of us and call it Fractals, Fractals, Fractals. <laughs> Fractal Terps. I love it. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us tonight on another episode of The Midnight Mystics, episode five. And uh, peace. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay grounded. Stay in your center. And remember to fucking have fun. Have a good time out there. Don't forget that your playful spirit needs to live and experience this thing we call existence. Mic drop. Thanks, everybody. Uh, if you guys have anything else to say, you can contribute it. I chop it up and I move things around. So, I would just thank you. I uh, appreciate you having me on. This is a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, look forward to hearing these episodes once they come out. Me, me too. Jordan? Yeah, thanks, Zach. Nice to meet you, Casey. You too, man. Look Definitely. Good, good discussion. And, yeah, dude. Like your thoughts. I'll see you guys real soon. All right. Love you. Man. All right. Take care. Peace. Thanks, Zach. Bye, Peace. Bye. And I personally want to extend a big thank you to my co-host Jordan Furrow and our guest, the brilliant Casey O'Kane, a.k.a. Rhyme Wave. Uh, Rhyme Wave, I just want to speak to you for a second. Like, you holding up the hip-hop scene in Portland, uh, bringing people together at the ranger station, that was so big, and, uh, and I can't wait until we get to do that again and I see that happening. Uh, not immediately, but it'll happen. We're going to come back around. And uh, in the meantime, let's keep the freestyles alive, yo. So uh, much love to Jordan, uh, your brilliantly gifted man with uh, the gift of gab and that rhyme scheme that makes the mind dream. So uh, yeah, I really appreciate everybody for everything. And tune in next week at midnight on Tuesday for Midnight Mystics the next episode. We got some really good ones coming up, so tune in. All right, peace. Auditory hallucination. Greetings and salutations to all you creatures of the night. If you're like me, you stay up late, like to have interesting conversations about the paranormal and the limits of human potential within the realms of consciousness. My name is Zachary, and me along with my co-host Jordan, we invite a lot of guests on our show to have interesting conversations. We like to dive deep into the riverbanks of consciousness and psychedelia. Each episode is a hallucination, a journey into the realms and the databanks of human wisdom. For the first eight episodes of The Midnight Mystics, which is the name of our show, uh, we will be exploring and reviewing the first eight episodes of The Midnight Gospel. It's about psychology, meditation, non-attachment, interdimensional space travel. So if you're interested in topics like this, tune in every Tuesday night at midnight. Stay tuned right here to Shady Pines Radio for lots of great local music, poetry, and all of the great creative minds that reside right here in Portland. You've been listening to Shady, Shady Pines, Pines Radio. Radio.